You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So we've uh, spent a lot of time talking about Aaron Rodgers, and I want to shift the focus a little bit, kind of, to Jordan Love, but not really. I want us to keep Jordan Love in mind, actually, while we talk about somebody else, and that's Jalen Hurts. And I've mentioned this a couple times, just kind of in passing, but I really want to hammer this point home a little bit. Um, The Jalen Hurts pick and some of the things that people forget, because I think one of the things that a lot of people do is they take the present and they project it into the past. Everybody today is looking at the Jalen Hurts pick going, oh, that was a great pick. Everybody knew it was a great pick. It was fine. There's nothing wrong. You know, we, we, we just completely brush off the fact that the only pick that was more scrutinized than Jordan Love was Jalen Hurts. So what I'd like to do is kind of hop in our time machine and go back in time a little bit and relive what the Philadelphia Eagles were going through, what the fans and the media were saying about Jalen Hurts after that pick. And I want to put that into perspective for the very obvious reason that Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts were drafted in the exact same round, or, or the exact same year. Jalen Hurts was taken in the second round, Jordan Love in the first. And it was a team, and this is another thing that was forgotten, a team that had a franchise quarterback. And you're going to laugh when I say Carson Wentz, again, because we forget the past. We look at Carson Wentz now and say he's trash, he's always been trash. That's absolutely not the case. This is an Eagles team that went to the Super Bowl, and granted, Wentz wasn't in that Super Bowl. He got hurt, but he took them to the Super Bowl. He was out, I don't know, two, three games, and went on to be a great quarterback all the way through 2019 prior to that draft. And the entire narrative was, why in the world would you draft this guy in the second round? What are you trying to do? What is the point of this? How stupid are you? You have a team. You have Carson Wentz. And in fact, I went back and looked at it just to get a refresher. The offense wasn't the issue with the Eagles. It was the defense, primarily tackling and coverage. And I remember that. I remember for years mocking cornerbacks to the Eagles because they just had no corners. You need corners. You need corners. You just don't have any corners. There was never a question of Carson Wentz can't get it done. They just got it done. They just won a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz was a very good quarterback. 2017, 18, and 19, he was solid. 17 in particular, the year they won the Super Bowl. So they have a franchise quarterback, and a guy that's much younger, by the way, than Aaron Rodgers. There is no thought of, well, he's only got a couple years left, let's move on. They have their franchise quarterback. They, they recently, two years ago, I think, won the Super Bowl. Three-ish, two-ish, whatever. It would have been two. Because it was a 2017 season, 2018 Super Bowl, whatever. Desperately need help on defense, primarily in the coverage department, and they draft a quarterback in the second round. Dumbest thing you could ever do. So I want to read a couple things here. This uh, first paragraph from the Washington Post kind of sums it all up. Philadelphia fans can be a grouchy bunch, but they did not appear to have a favorable reaction to the Eagles' second-round draft selection Friday of quarterback Jalen Hurts. With needs elsewhere on the roster and 27-year-old Carson Wentz signed last year to a record-setting contract extension, why would the team spend such a high pick on a backup? Crazy, isn't it? Some of the initial theories pointed to Wentz's extensive injury history as well as scenarios in which the sturdy athletic Hurts is used as a multifaceted weapon along the lines of the New Orleans Saints' Taysom Hill. That is, by the way, the number one theory that's being proposed. Some high-ranking media members had said that their intel had told them that the plan was to run a dual quarterback system with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, with Jalen Hurts as sort of a souped-up version of Taysom Hill. That's what the thought was. Crazy at this point in time to think that, isn't it? But then they continue. Good old ESPN. ESPN offered a possible reason Saturday for the unpopular pick, the novel coronavirus. Quote, in this day and age, I've had teams tell me it's more important than ever to have a backup quarterback in this pandemic. ESPN's Adam Schefter said before the draft resumed in the fourth round, 
we're going to be playing next year. Coronavirus is out there, COVID-19. What if your quarterback gets the virus? It's an interesting situation here. I think there are more problems now than ever before, and so I think teams are looking to shore up the most important position in the sport, and that's why the Eagles did it. By the way, this is not a report, as usual. Adam Schefter is just saying what he thinks makes the most sense, which I think this is stupid. <laughs> but, but again, th- this, is, this, is what we, this is where it got to. Like, what in the world, what could possibly, and this is what Schefter's mind immediately went to, because it's so stupid that they would draft this guy. So we're getting in these far-reaching, like, they're going to run a dual quarterback system, or uh, teams are panicking about coronavirus, and so we've got to make sure that we have a a solid backup. So now backups are going to start going in the second round and stuff like that. That's why they did it. Because it's absolutely impossible to think that they drafted the quarterback of the future. I guess Schefter did say, I've had teams tell me, so there you go. The uh, article immediately goes on to accuse Schefter of um, essentially relaying information from within the organization to try to take some of the heat off. Which, by the way, we'll read another article that that very clearly demonstrates that the Eagles were very scared to take this pick because they knew it would be unpopular. So it's absolutely not impossible that the team went to Schefter and said, you know, COVID is like we're scared of COVID or something. That's why we did it. But it's funny because it immediately says a more pressing question could be this. If Wentz actually did correct, contract the coronavirus, wouldn't Hurts, along with other Eagles players, have to go into self-quarantine, thus impeding his ability to help the team? All right. Well, the whole thing is stupid. But again, this is what we have to do. This is the length of why in the world. We didn't even have to do this with Jordan Love. Why would you do that? Well, best player available, most important position of football, and Aaron Rodgers is old. That's why. Here's an article written uh, by... Uh, NBCSports.com. In a truly shocking move, the Eagles have selected Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts with the number 53 pick in the NFL draft. Um, dot, 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 what? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. With plenty of weapons available for Carson Wentz and with plenty of viable defensive options who would help from day one, the Eagles instead took a developmental quarterback. This is a true head-scratcher. The Eagles signed Wentz to a $128 million extension last summer. Sure, Wentz has struggled to stay healthy, but the Eagles have been building around Wentz, and instead of taking a player to help Wentz, they brought in a guy who might only play a lot if Wentz is hurt. But if the Eagles don't have confidence in Wentz's ability to stay healthy, then why sign him? Why make him the centerpiece of the entire team? Doug Peterson will probably find a way to get an athletic rookie on the field with Wentz, but that's still a strange reason to pick him. This could theoretically add a new dimension to the Eagles' offense, but without OTAs, that's a lot to cram into training camp. No OTAs because of COVID. The Eagles also have Nate Sudfeld on the roster as a backup quarterback as well, but you would assume a second-round quarterback wouldn't be a third stringer. Just last year, the Eagles drafted quarterback Clayton Thorsten, uh, Thorson of the fifth round out of Northwestern. He couldn't even make it past final cuts and ended up on the Cowboys practice squad. As for Hertz, 6'1", 222, the former Alabama and Oklahoma, uh, the former Alabama and Oklahoma, is a certainly is certainly athletic. I don't know what that means. Goes on to go through his all his yards and touchdowns and all that, and he says, but he's definitely a project. It ends with, there's no question this, that he's an athletic and intriguing athlete, but it doesn't make this pick any less strange. Charles Robinson of Yahoo said, Eagles' Jalen Hurts could make a dual quarterback formation an NFL staple. Not only are they going to do it, but they're going to change the NFL forever. The Philadelphia Eagles franchise that pulled off arguably the single gutsiest play in Super Bowl history is now positioned to lay the groundwork on something even more ambitious. The NFL's first two quarterback staple in an offense. Taysom Hill package on steroids. One source familiar with the Eagles draft evaluations told Yahoo Sports. That was the descriptor used to explain the Eagles selection of Oklahoma star quarterback Jalen Hurts in the second round of Friday night's NFL draft. With the 53rd pick that flew in the face of some team needs, uh, chief among them, LSU cornerback Christian Fulton, who was once believed to be a potential top 15 pick before sliding of, uh, over the course of the season and draft process. So again, why would they do this? Well, I, I think they're going to go dual quarterback and they're trying to do something revolutionary that nobody's ever seen. And this is the start of it. And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be a, 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 a dual quarterback, Taysom Hill on steroids, extravaganza. That's not only going to dominate the NFL, but it's going to change the way the NFL has played forever. This is how weird we have to get with the simple question of why did they draft a quarterback that they thought was awesome? Why, why should they have to explain it? We already have a quarterback. So what? 
If they believe that this is a franchise quarterback, why would you not take him? Well, we don't need that right now. I, I didn't say you need it right now. You know, I was watching videos. I was going through. I, I just typed in Packers on YouTube to see what was going on. Of course, every single video is about Aaron Rodgers, so that's all I could find. But there were. It was. It was. Uh, I don't know what show it was, but Shady McCoy and some other guys were on the show. That lady that used to be with Colin Coward is on there, and one of the guys that was arguing with Shady and and the other, I think, ex football player. He kept talking about right now. Like, what gives you the best chance right now? That's how he kept wanting to frame it. Why do you keep worrying about right now? Why do you think right now is the best way to frame the argument? Or, or the best way to, to, to frame everybody's thought process on how to handle what to do moving forward. Why is everything about right now? What is the best thing to do for the franchise, period? Not right now, period. Right now is a, is, is a factor. It's not all future and nothing now, and it's certainly not all now and nothing future. If you love Jalen Hurts and you thought he was a, a great pick, let's say, in the first round and could be a a game-changing franchise-changing quarterback, and you got a guy that, yeah, you really like Carson Wentz, but he's got some injuries and he could be out in a couple years, and we believe that this guy could develop into something special, why wouldn't you do it? They knew Jalen Hurts could be a great quarterback, so they took him. So that whenever it came time for him to take over, they believed that at that point he'd be ready, and they could develop him into the guy that he is today. And it did it take some time to develop? Yeah, his first year was a little rocky. But look what happened. After a few years of developing the guy, what, where, where are they now? They're in the freaking Super Bowl with the guy. Worst pick in the entire 2020 draft. I know Packers fans wouldn't agree, but every non-Packer fan would have said that Jalen Hurts was the dumbest pick in the entire draft because they took a quarterback that they believe could be a great quarterback. Let me tell you something. That's not a bad idea, basically ever. Uh, you got Jeff Kerr of CBSSports.com offered a different uh, thought. He said, well, when they won the Super Bowl, it was because they had a strong backup in Nick Foles. LOL. LOL added by me. And so their philosophy is, you know, you've got your great starter. Invest high in a really good backup. So he's going with the backup philosophy. It is worth a second round backup because either coronavirus or whatever, you're going to need a guy to step in and, and continue this thing. Again, there's also the, the philosophy that it's because of a two-quarterback set. Or as many Philadelphia fans would, would tell you, it's because their GM is a freaking idiot. Sportingnews.com. The fact that Jalen Hurts went in the second round of the 2020 draft wasn't a surprise. The landing spot, however, raised some eyebrows. Philadelphia Eagles took with the number 53 pick, and the intent becomes the intriguing question. Why would Philadelphia draft Hurts if Carson Wentz is already entrenched as the franchise quarterback? Again, we look at Carson Wentz now and say that guy's a bum. We completely forget that back in this era, he was not a bum. Wentz is under contract through 2024 and will be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future for the Eagles. There are many scenarios at play, but the simplest explanation is Hertz is a high-character quarterback who adds depth to the locker room. How the Eagles decide to utilize Hertz as a rookie is an interesting proposition. A position switch seems unlikely given Hertz's insistence at the NFL Combine that he has a quarterback and has no desire to switch positions. So they're talking about, well, maybe they could have him switch positions, but probably not. Again, because it's so inconceivable to think they drafted a quarterback to be a franchise quarterback. He's a second-round project. Al.com, Alabama website. Philadelphia Eagles GM catching heat for drafting Jalen Hurts. When Philadelphia Eagles general manager Howie Roseman selected Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts in the second round of the NFL draft on Friday night, he suspected that team's fans might not approve of his choice. Quote, I said, hey guys, this is from Roseman, the GM of the Eagles. He said, I said, hey guys, we did what we think is the right thing, but hold on, hold on, the water's going to get a little rough here. Roseman said during an appearance on Angelo Cataldi and the morning team on WIPFM in Philadelphia, quote, but what I thought was people would see this kid in particular and what an asset he's been to football teams and the skill set he has to get excited about him because he's exciting. He's an exciting person. He's an exciting player. And he's someone that adds to the culture of your football team. He's an intense competitor. He's an intense worker. And so I did think that there would be some discussion about what we could do instead at that pick, but I thought just based on all our experiences together, and this player in particular, that it would be like this. And I also thought just based on what we've done this offseason, that we'd all talk about how much better the team is, because I think the team is much better. It's a lot of weird talking in circles, but the really interesting thing here is, what did he say? 
We drafted him because we liked him. Right? This is, this is the same philosophy the Packers have. We drafted the best player available. We, he's great for our team. He's great for our locker room. He's an intense competitor. He's, he's, a, he's a good piece to have on your football team, period, at the most important position in football. And then the extra really interesting thing is they actually said that they might have some discussions about what else to do. Maybe we should do something else because the heat would be too much. But you know what good GMs do? They ignore the noise. They know for a fact, and you think Brian Gutekunst didn't understand how much heat he would get for drafting Jordan Love? You think maybe there weren't some discussions that maybe they should do something else? Of course there were. But just like Howie Roseman, they got together and they said, we trust ourselves, our evaluation process, the way we do things here, and we like, we like uh, Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love or whichever scenario you're talking about. He's exciting. He's an exciting person. He's an exciting player. He's someone that adds to the culture of your football team. He's an intense competitor. He's an intense worker. That's what, why they said they drafted him. They didn't want a backup quarterback or a dual-threat quarterback. They wanted a good football player on their team, period. The argument in Philadelphia, though, isn't about Hurts' qualifications. It's about his position on the field and in the draft. The Eagles have an entrenched starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, the second selection of the 2016 NFL draft, who has five years left on his contract. And, and the thing that bothers me about this is I still have people calling in, and, and fair criticism, granted, but people will call in and fans will say, the Packers drafted Jordan Love, they could have drafted somebody else, and maybe that somebody else helps the team, and maybe that helping of the team got them not only a little further in the playoffs, but potentially could have even gotten us a Super Bowl. In other words, it's not the player, although most people do complain about the player, it's the position. Why draft him when we had other more pressing needs? The exact same thing was said about Jalen Hurts. And you know what? If Carson Wentz was still going and Jalen Hurts was still on the bench, it would still be considered one of the worst draft picks in the last decade because nobody's seen the guy. But the only reason why everybody ignores that now and nobody wants to talk about it is because we don't want to actually learn anything. We don't want to look at that and apply it to the Green Bay Packers and say that that's entirely possible. That although he's a developmental prospect and has had time to develop and he's on a good team with a good coach and all that stuff in a quarterback-friendly system, that maybe he could actually thrive and be a good quarterback for us. We don't need to worry about that because we're all focused on the now and we can use the fact that we don't have information to fill in our own biased information. We don't know the future with Jordan Love. We don't know how good of a quarterback he'll be. So I can just assume he'll be garbage and go back to my assessment back in 2020 and say we should have drafted a wide receiver. Therefore, we would have won a Super Bowl. Therefore, I'm right and everybody else is wrong. But you also would have said the same thing in Philadelphia. And you would have said it's stupid. They should have drafted Christian Fulton the corner instead of Jalen Hurts. Christian Fulton was considered a top 15 prospect and he fell in the draft. And he could actually help you to win a Super Bowl and build around your quarterback by giving him a defense for once that could actually cover. But no, you draft a backup quarterback like an idiot. Christian Fulton, by the way, went to the Tennessee Titans in the second round, pick 61, just, what, eight picks later or something? He got a 56 grade as a rookie. That jumped up to 64, and this year he had a 64 grade. His highest coverage grade ever was a 66. The other two years have been in the 50s, including this year. This year... He gave up 436 yards, five touchdowns, one interception, two pass breakups, 102.4 passer rating, plus five penalties just for, just for fun. That's what they should have done, right? Isn't that what they should have done? Or was it okay that they drafted a franchise quarterback in the second round? Philadelphia fans think Roseman could have drafted a player who would have stepped straight into the Eagles lineup in the second round. Quote, I understand it would have been much easier for us to take a different position in the second round and have a conversation about that, but that doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. Goes on to say Roseman also considered Wentz's reaction. Quote, it's not comfortable because I get it, Roseman said about explaining to Wentz the need to use a second round pick at the position. What helps the team's the most uh, what helps the team the most at this moment, question mark. And in his mind, probably a different player, different position, because we have a great player there, but my job is different. Isn't that interesting? We all just forget about what happened with the Eagles. We all just want to talk about this situation and the uncomfortableness between GM and quarterback and how upset he must be. What did Roseman say? I, it's not a comfortable thing because I get it. And Carson Wentz is not going to like it. And I'm sure his position is we could use something else that's better. But I have a job to do. And it's not to do what you think is right. 
Quote, when we make these kinds of decisions, I talk to people that I really trust and that I've always relied on that have won world champions. And I say, this is my thought process. I've got to do everything I can to make sure Carson Wentz is standing on the podium holding that trophy. And it's funny when I say that. I see it, man. I see it. I see him doing that. I really do. And I really believe that that's going to happen. But I've also got to make sure that this organization is protected, that our fans are protected, and that his teammates are protected. Because I've seen it. We've seen it. All of us have seen it. And we've seen when you don't have protection at that position, how miserable it could make us all. You could have just copy and pasted this for Brian Gutekunst. And by the way, maybe Gutekunst could have done a better job of saying things like this, because that is an inspiring thing to say. And that would have been great to hear. Those exact words, but just about Aaron Rodgers. When, I, when we make these kinds of decisions, I talk to people that I really trust, and I always re, uh, I've always relied on uh, that have won world championships, and I say, my thought process is this. I've got to do everything I can to make sure Aaron Rodgers is standing on the podium holding the trophy, and it's funny when I say that. I see it. I see it. I see him doing that. I really do, and I really believe that's going to happen, but I've also got to make sure this organization is protected, that our fans are protected, that his teammates are protected, because I've seen it. We've seen it. All of us have seen it, and I've seen when we don't have protection at the position how miserable it could make us all. That would have been a heck of a statement from Gutekunst, but the fact of the matter is he shouldn't have to tell us that. Brian Gutekunst's focus is on the Green Bay Packers. It's on the Green Bay Packers fans and the franchise and the legacy and the history, and he doesn't want to see Aaron Rodgers, who hadn't been playing well in, what, three years? He's had like one good year in the last five? Two in the last five? I don't know. I think it was one in the last four. 2015 was bad. 2016 was good. 17 and 18 was the injury year and and a bad year. So in the last four years, the guy had one good year. And he was getting older and he's getting grumpier and he's got a grudge against the team. And there's rumors swirling about his potential retirement. Those rumors were swirling. And what did he do? He took the best player available, right? They, They wanted Justin Jefferson. That was noted. He's gone. Next best player, most important position quarterback is grumpy angry talking about retirement and hasn't been playing well well i guess 2019 would have been included in that right so yeah two two of the two of the last five and 19 was iffy 19 wasn't great it was a very weird year he was solid but it wasn't super dominant but anyways his coach is gone the gm is gone he's not happy and my goal is to protect the franchise and i picked a very very good player that matt lafleur by the way is obsessed with He basically handpicked this guy and said he would be perfect for my system here in Green Bay. What are we mad about? And again, this is not a case for, you know, the simplistic argument that Jalen Hurts Hurts is good, therefore Jordan Love will be good. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Although it is worth noting, Jordan Love was a better prospect than Jalen Hurts, and look where Jalen Hurts is, but that's not the argument. It's the process. You're listening to the guy that in 2019, after the 2019 season, said that Aaron Rodgers very well could have an MVP season in 2020. I'm the one that said that, and at the same time defended the Jordan Love pick. What sense does that make? Because what happens today is not the most important thing. Can you imagine where we would be right now if every single year the only thing we cared about was that year? How bad we'd be right now? Because back in 2015, we didn't do anything for the future. And then in 2016, we didn't do anything for the future. And 17, and 18, and 19, and 20, and 2021. It's such a ridiculous, short-sighted, nonsensical thing. Now, again, we're in a bit of a bind with the Jordan Love thing. Not necessarily if he's a good quarterback, but it, it, it sucks the way that this all panned out. But again, the process, given the information at the time, because it's completely unfair to look at the information now and say that, well, based on the information now, he shouldn't have done it. Well, if, if he had the information he had now, he might not have done it. But the question is, given the information that he had at the time, was it good process? And I don't see any reason why it wasn't. And you could almost argue that even given the information now, it was good process, if you still believe that Jordan Love is a very good quarterback. Because why wouldn't you do it? So I just wanted to point out, that everybody doing victory laps about, see, I told you it was stupid to take Jordan Love, you should have drafted T. Higgins, which is something else we can get to. Understand that you also are completely opposed to the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts. And if you say that you're not, you're lying. Because there was less reason for them to do what they did than for us to do what we did. You have a declining quarterback at the end of his career compared to a quarterback that's coming off a recent Super Bowl season who just got a massive contract extension who is 27 years old. So don't even pretend that you would have been on board with that, but completely opposed to the Packers doing it because that makes no sense. 
I want to take a break here. Um, and then on the other side of the break, I want to look at the T. Higgins thing real quick, just really quickly. Because again, one of the issues that I had, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. Thank you so much to Andrew Matson for jumping on. I really, really appreciate that. I think you are my first, <laughs> it feels like this is my first donor in like a month. So I appreciate you jumping on, or should I say back on, because you've been here before. Um, really appreciate that. Also, thank you very much to Jeremy Shepper for the donation on Venmo. Apparently, people appreciate that much more. So uh, once again, that is Packernet Podcast on Venmo if you're interested in giving there. Also, uh, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. It is a Christian ministry that my dad has started. They are uh, holed up down in southern Indiana, ministry that's looking to help uh, people that are a little down and out on their luck right now, focusing on uh, prisons and people coming out of prison, giving them a place to live, a place to work. So if you want to learn more, please head over to FertileGroundRanch.org. See if that's something you'd be interested in supporting. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So as I said, one of the things that I dislike that I find to be slightly dishonest is the people saying we shouldn't have taken Jordan Love, we should have taken T. Higgins. And the reason that I say that is because you can't just draw a bridge directly from not taking Jordan Love and taking T. Higgins. It's dishonest because what you're doing is you're taking information from today which is T. Higgins is a pretty good wide receiver, and reading it into the past and saying you should have made this good decision. You can't steal future information from the past and pretend that everybody should have known this. So why don't we actually look at some of the mock drafts from 2020 that didn't take Jordan Love in the first round and see how much better our lives would have been. The very first mock draft, which is an extremely uh, got first place in accuracy as far as who was going to pick who, NFL Trade Rumors did a mock draft they had the Green Bay Packers taking Christian Fulton, the guy that I had just talked about, who is not doing well. So you got two teams, <laughs> the Packers and the Eagles, who had been mocked and considered uh, options for Christian Fulton to their teams and instead ended up taking quarterbacks. Christian Fulton would not have helped us. Draft Tech had us taking Jalen Rager. We always want to talk about the really good wide receivers, like why didn't we trade way up and get Justin Jefferson? We don't talk about why didn't we trade up and get Jalen Rager? What if we had gotten Jalen Rager, the guy that was uh, cut by, I believe, the Eagles and, and the Minnesota Vikings picked him up, and immediately the Vikings fans cannot stand the guy. I really like Rager, by the way. Or how about this? One of the most popular picks for the Green Bay Packers that everybody just could not stop talking about. You know who I'm talking about? Think about it. It was a while ago. Wide receiver out of Baylor, Denzel Mims. Six foot three, two oh seven, and runs a blazing four three something. In three years, he has accumulated for the Jets six hundred and seventy-five yards and zero touchdowns. This had to have been the most popular pick for the Packers. I'm looking at two mock drafts in a row um, with Denzel Mims. How about this one? Uh, CBS Jason Lockenfora had us taking Jordan Brooks, the linebacker out of Texas Tech, the linebacker that Seattle took. Roto World had us drafting Denzel Mims. 
DraftWire's Luke Easterling wanted us to take Ezra Cleveland. Walter Football had us taking Denzel Mims. Rigo's Rag had us taking Denzel Mims. Now we got Draft Site here had us taking T. Higgins. There's one. Acme Packing Company had us taking Justin Matabuike. Matabuike's best year was his first year with Baltimore, had a 70 grade. Since then, his two grades have been 56 and 63. Not exactly killing it. Mile High Report. Scotty Payne had us taking Denzel Mims. So for a fan base that was banging the table for Ross Blacklock, which is another big one, who was another bust that ended up in Minnesota, Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, to now sit here and pretend that they never wanted any of that stuff. What I wanted is the one guy that's successful. Why didn't you find that one guy that's successful? Why didn't you draft that guy? I don't know. Why didn't anybody else draft that guy? The bottom, li- the bottom line is most of these picks that the fans were screaming and clamoring for, the pick that you really wanted, most people really wanted, that we didn't get, that when we were slamming our fists down about uh, drafting Jordan Love, the first thought that we had, for most of us, if we're being honest, about, oh man, we should have gotten this guy, was not T. Higgins. T. Higgins was not even a consensus first-round pick. You know who was, though? Jordan Love was. Jordan Love was a consensus 24th overall. You know where Jalen Hurts was ranked? 69th. Jordan Love was projected to go 23rd to the Chargers. By the way, even if we look at um, hit rate, the last three guys to be taken between pick 20 and pick 40, you know who they were? Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, and Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts was taken like 56th or something. Let me see if I bump it out, how, how bad the information gets. Becomes Lamar, Drew Locke, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, and Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, look, maybe the hit rate is 50-50 if you go back far enough. But if you look at even going back to 2000, but let's look at 21-year-olds because age is a factor. 21-year-old quarterbacks drafted at the back of the first round since 2000. Jordan Love, Lamar Jackson, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, and Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That's the whole list. If you add 22-year-olds in there, you get Drew Brees. Also, Brady Quinn and Paxton Lynch, but, you know, don't worry about it. But that, that ain't a bad list, even with those two. Rodgers, Lamar, Brees, even Manziel. I mean, his biggest issue was, you know, off-the-field stuff. He couldn't control himself. So even if you want to make the case that he's going to be a good quarterback, it's not that hard to do. And I, I guess it's just maybe a little bit odd because, you know, we get so excited about all of our draft picks. Usually we're excited at first, and then it kind of wears off when we find out they're not great, right? Um, excited about Jay Sternberger, you know, his, his receiving ability and all that stuff. And then when you find out he's not great, then you get angry about it. But at first, you're excited. You know, you, you find those unique characteristics and, you, you know, uh, Jamon Moore, oh boy, the route running and the, the hands and all that stuff. He's just, he's top of the line. I think he's going to be something special. We drafted a quarterback in the first round. There, there's no wide receiver that can do what an elite quarterback can do. And, and I just don't see that, you know, even from myself, it's almost like an apologetic, like, well, I mean, he's not going to be Rodgers. I mean, come on. He's probably not even going to be good, but maybe kind of, sort of, he'll be like not complete trash. You know, like, what if he just like almost doesn't suck? And can almost kind of, if we have like three elite wide receivers and five elite offensive linemen and two elite running backs and four elite tight ends and the number one defense in football, maybe sort of kind of barely get in the playoffs. You know, like he could be that kind of quarterback. Did we do that with Christian Watson when we drafted him in the second round? No, everybody's convinced he's going to be the next, uh, you know, Randy Moss. Why? Why is there not a single person on planet Earth that looks at Jordan Love? And it's not just because, well, he was bad for his first two years. That's not it, because nobody liked him when we drafted him that first time. What is it? Well, I watched his film and he wasn't very good. Then why was he projected to be a first-round pick? I think you missed something watching his tape. Because now he's actually come out and looked really impressive this year. And still, nobody, you know, everybody talks about that third-year leap. And everybody hilariously talks about Justin Fields and how he could potentially take that Josh Allen leap, because Josh Allen, I think it was year three for him before he really figured it out and became what he is. 
Jordan Love is in year three and took a massive leap, and everybody sees it, and everybody's saying it. But nobody is willing to say, what if? What if he's not just the most mediocre quarterback on planet Earth? What if he's not just like a lesser version of Derek Carr? What if he's actually good at football? Can we ask the question? There's no excitement. This is the biggest question facing our entire franchise, regardless of Aaron Rodgers. Who gives a crap about Aaron Rodgers? Well, what if he comes back? It's one year. It's one year. Why would we still, even if Rodgers is coming back, not think, good Lord, what if Jordan Love is the answer? What if he really is this great quarterback? Nobody wants to even discuss it. Question it. Think about it. I've never had one person call into the show and say, you know what, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think he's, I think he's really good. I think he has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback. And that's not even that big of a stretch. You get into the top 10, you're not even talking about that good of quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks have been top 10 in their career. Derek Carr, who I just made fun of, has been top 10, I think, numerous times. Tua was top 10. Andy Dalton for New Orleans was top 10 this year. Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, who everybody made fun of, depending on if you're looking at passing grade or offensive grade. Um, Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett, top 10. Can't be Jacoby Brissett. Tua can be top five, but Jordan Love can't. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna say. Last year, Kyler Murray was top five. That dude's not even good. Ryan Tannehill in 2020, as far as his overall grade, top five, but Jordan Love can't. Can't even be top ten. Maybe, maybe top 16. Most likely, though, just complete utter garbage trash. I mean, <laughs> this is the other thing that kind of sucks about Packer fans sometimes. Even though I, I do appreciate. The level of realism. But Bears fans will fight to the death to defend Justin Fields, who is the worst passer in the entire NFL. Today, if you go over and start trolling Bears fans about how they missed out on uh, Pat Mahomes, they'll say, don't care, we got our guy. Dude, that guy sucks at football. And they will freaking die defending him. We drafted Jordan Love in the first round. He showed out and played. He was better, better. Not just than Justin Fields, but better than Justin Herbert. I get the limited snaps, but who cares? How much, how much evidence do you need before you start supporting the guy that's on our roster? How about this? He graded out better than Aaron Rodgers did. And no, the Eagles were not just playing prevent defense. You had Darius Slay, who plays for the Eagles, saying that when Jordan Love came out, they were licking their chops, ready to go get him. As the game is going on, I see that A-Rod was running into the locker. You know, he'll he done put a word out there saying he'd been playing with a, you know, a thumb injury to set the Giants game. So I saw him running into the tunnel. I'm saying, what's going on with A-Rod? He must have messed it up. You know, so as a defense, when A-Rod goes out, we feel great. You know what I'm saying? That's the greatest quarter, one of the greatest quarterback ever. So if he goes out, we got to go out here and really get active. You know, the D-line get a little hungrier because they'd be like, okay, got a young buck coming in. I can go get out to the quarterback because, you know, A-Rod makes a lot of checks and a lot of communication at the line of scrimmage. That's hard to stop. So, young buck come in. Actually did a very, very solid job, man. They got a Green Bay got a, a bright, bright future, like a bright one. Because Buddy is Buddy was slinging in. I, I, I ain't going to lie. Like, he low-key looked like A-Rod. Like, he's been learning a lot. It should be a blessing for him to be behind a goat and learn it like that at a high level. And he's a talented kid as well. Like, he's a first-round draft pick. So, he got a lot of talent, you know. He's got to wait his time, just like how A-Rod waited his time for Brett Barr. You know, so now he's waiting his time. So, his time will come. And you can see, like, the gunslinging mentality he had just like him. Like, they, with the quick release, the flick and the... Taking the back leg up, he got he he's he's copying and pasting him for sure. Which that's is a great player to be copying and pasting from. So again, I'm I <laughs> Darius Slay, who's been playing in the league for a long time, told you to your face, all of us, that they were teeing off on him. Same thing Kansas City tried to do. They wanted it. They weren't playing soft. They wanted to go get him. They wanted to make a statement against him. They wanted to tear him apart because now they've got an opportunity 
to really, really wreak some havoc against the Green Bay Packers. And Darius Slay is telling you, this guy has a promising future. He's a really good football player. Well, he's just being nice. Well, we can make all the excuses in the world, but the point is our default should be supporting the guy. Our default should be this guy's going to be awesome. As Packer fans, that should be our default. Jordan Love is going to be a stud. He's going to be a superstar. And until I'm proven otherwise, that's what I think. But Packer fans aren't that way. Packer fans aren't like Bears fans or Vikings fans or pretty much any other fan base that I'm, I'm aware of. Packer fans want to trash everybody and treat them like crap until you can prove to me that you're worthy of, of playing in front of my presence. And I don't know if that's just a result of being such a good team for so long and having such high expectations, but everybody sucks until you can prove me otherwise. A.J. Dillon, garbage. Jordan Love, garbage. Everybody is trash. All these picks suck. Quay Walker is trash until he can prove otherwise. Devontae Wyatt sucks until he can prove otherwise. Like, when are we going to get excited about guys? You know what I mean? What is it going to take for Packer fans to get fired up? I mean, I understand realism and and looking at the numbers and saying, yeah, they probably won't become that. But I'm talking about just the straight-up negativity. Trash pick. How do you know? You don't know that. If you want to say I'm excited about the guy, despite the fact that, you know, I understand he probably won't pan out, but man, he's got some skills. He can do that, 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 that. I mean, let's be honest. If you actually watch Jordan Love, you don't say, you don't come away from that saying everybody knew he was trash and this is what negative fans say. No, you didn't watch it or you don't know what you're looking at. Dude, Jordan Love had some really good tape. He's got some raw features, no question about it, but he's in his third year. That's the whole point. He's a developmental quarterback with all the raw tools to become an elite quarterback. And he just spent three years under the tutelage of Matt LaFleur, who's been a quarterback coach his entire life, who is Matt Ryan's quarterback coach when he won MVP, who is Aaron Rodgers' quarterback, well, head coach, but coach of over his two MVP seasons. He's had multiple quarterback coaches that Aaron Rodgers likes, respects, and handpicks. And by the way, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers himself for three years learning behind the guy. But the vast majority, it's it's like a split 50-50 among Packer fans. 50% say he's trash, he's garbage, we should get rid of him, and I hate him because of the pick or because he's behind Aaron Rodgers and I worship at his feet. And the other half says, I mean, you know, he maybe kind of could kind of uh, maybe. Kinda, I mean, he won't be Rogers, you know, he won't be like good <laughs> or or obviously great. Let's be stupid about it. But he could be, you know, he could be serviceable. Maybe. Why do we do that? Why does everybody else get to believe their guy's going to be elite? Steelers fans get to believe in Kenny Pickett, but we can't believe in Jordan Love. Why? And by the way, I, I, I phrase it that way, but there's not a single fan base in the world that's pre- pre- preventing us from doing this. We're, we're fully capable as Packer fans of just getting behind the guy and saying, I think he's going to be a stud. And I don't know why we don't do that. Again, year three of the system, that's, that's a known period. We've heard about it from Matt LaFleur. We heard about it from Aaron Rodgers, how there is year three is the year that it finally clicks for most players. That's when most of them start to realize like, oh, okay, I officially get this now. The footwork down. That was a big issue when he first came out. Like, oh, his footwork. <laughs> Look at him. He's an idiot. His footwork. Guess what? Year three, footwork's not a problem. You know why? Because he's had three years to work on it understanding the system, the reads, the progressions. He's got it. That doesn't mean he's going to be an elite quarterback. But there's no no barrier for us to get to that point. It's very simple. You got the three-year thing. You've got the raw talent thing. I mean, there's no better situation for him to be in. Extremely talented player that's raw and needs some time, and he's had three years in the best possible situation with the best possible people. And he comes out in year three, and he looks really good in the preseason. And then he comes out against the Eagles, and he actually looks incredibly good. And you got Darius Slay going, dang, this guy's going to be good. And you got everybody around the league say, I just played a video for you this past week in which somebody said, I forget his name, but saying, I think the Packers are higher on Jordan Love because if you ask around the league, they'll tell you he actually looks like he's made some really solid improvements. We're hearing all of this stuff. And for some reason, as fans, we can't get to the point. Even the most unrealistic, ridiculous fans can't get to the point where we simply say, this guy's going to be a freaking superstar. You just watch. 
Bears fans, after watching Justin Fields play like crap for the last two years, will happily stand on top of the mountain and scream, this guy will take over the North, he will take over everything. He can't throw a freaking football to save his life. But man, if there isn't a Bears fan out there that isn't screaming that this guy's going to be the best in the world. If he could just tweak a couple things with his throwing motion, blah, 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 get an offensive line and a wide receiver, he could be one of the best to ever do it. Somebody just said that recently. Lamar Jackson was taken late. And the whole narrative was, how dare you ever doubt him? And the guy wins MVP in his second year and is looking for a massive contract. And again, Jalen Hurts, very similar situation, except he was taken an entire round later. And he's tearing up the league despite all the hate and disbelief and all, maybe he can change positions. Maybe he'll be like a Tim Tebow, Taysom Hill, dual quarterback thing where he'll come out and like run wildcat and then go back in and that'll be his whole role. No, he comes out and he's in the freaking Super Bowl right now. But we can't get there. We just can't intellectually get there. No, he sucks. Why are we so jaded? And again, I'm speaking about myself too because I I struggle with it also. Like, I don't know, like he could be good, kinda, maybe, Probably not, but could be. What is preventing us? And I don't care if you support Aaron Rodgers. That's a stupid thing. I support Devontae Adams. That doesn't mean I don't want Christian Watson to... I know Devontae's gone, but would that prevent you from wanting Watson to be good? Well, he kind of replaced him, right? So what, are we just going to hate him? Are we like jealous girl teenagers? Like, ugh. She's fat and stupid and ugly. I can't stand her. Like, she's not fat or ugly or stupid. She actually has a master's from Harvard, so... I mean, I know she's dating your boyfriend, but that doesn't mean the things that are not true are true. It's just a weird thing. Well, I love Roger, so I can't like love. No, you can. You absolutely can. I like Aaron Jones. I also like A.J. Dillon. I thought at the time we drafted A.J. Dillon that there was no way we were going to pay Aaron Jones, which means A.J. Dillon was the guy that was going to kick Aaron Jones off the team. That didn't end up happening. But the point is, it didn't prevent me from rooting for A.J. Dillon to be good. I wanted him to be a superstar. I want him to be a superstar, even if that means the Packers decide to move on from Aaron Jones, because I'm going to root for players to become superstars. If Zach Tom becomes a star, does that mean David Bakhtiari's gone? Yeah, maybe. Maybe if they feel they've got the guys they need, they don't have to pay a bunch of money to extend an old broke-down guy in a couple years. I'm going to root for Zach Tom to be a superstar. I love David Bakhtiari and everything he's done, and it's not ungrateful. If you got a G on your helmet, I want you to be awesome. I would say that excludes Georgia, but basically, since that's a pipeline to the Green Bay Packers, I think it still applies. Anybody with a G on their helmet, I want you to be dominant, which is really appropriate, actually. It's kind of funny that they just wear basically the same helmet, but with different colors. And look, maybe this whole thing is a waste of time, because maybe Rodgers decides to come back, and Jordan Love says, you know what, I'd like to be traded, and we end up trading him. Maybe that ends up happening. But it's still worth mentioning. It's still worth bringing up because the guy's been on this team for I don't know how long, and it's just weird to me that we can't get behind him. Even watching what's going on, we watched Lamar and and what he did despite where he was drafted. Doesn't sway anybody. We watched Jalen Hurts and the fact that he was in the exact same situation in the exact same year, just drafted well later because he was nowhere near considered as good of a prospect. And by the way, drafted in a very good year for for quarterbacks. I mean, look at the quarterbacks who were drafted. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua, Jordan Love, and Jalen Hurts. The only guy that we don't know, and by the way, here's all their PFF grades. Burrow, 92. Jalen Hurts, 85. Tua, 82. Jordan Love, 79. Justin Herbert, 78. Those are the top five quarterbacks in the draft. Now, it's possible Jordan Love is the only one in that entire group that isn't any good at football. But again, maybe it's just a really good quarterback class. Sometimes that happens, like the year Aaron Jones was drafted. What an unbelievable running back class that was. There's plenty of reason for us to think that we have an absolute gem on this roster that can take over this team and get us where we need to be. But we just can't seem to get there, and I find that somewhat annoying. Because what? We could have had T. Higgins. Oh my goodness. A solid number two wide receiver. You want to throw away a extremely talented quarterback to get a number two wide receiver. 
He could be a number one. He's certainly not a Devontae Adams number one, or a Justin Jefferson number one, or an Amon Ross St. Brown number one. So even if he came in and was better than Christian Watson, he'd be the third best in the division and better than Romeo Dobbs. Said it a thousand times, there, if, if you could snap your fingers and make one player on this entire team elite, like number one in football, and you pick anybody but Jordan Love, I, I, I don't know how to help you with this whole football thing. I don't know how to help you. There is nobody more important on this entire team than Jordan Love. Nobody. Certainly not Aaron Rodgers. You can make him the best in football, which, by the way, he was that a couple years ago, and it didn't do anything for us. But then you get the guy for one year. Who would you pick? Zach Tom, you get a good tackle? Cool. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Jair, be good. Nothing wrong with that. Or you could pick Stokes, and then you got that great duo there. That'd be cool. Nothing is more important than Jordan Love. And there is plenty of indication that the guy can play football at a high level. And we just can't get there. We can't support him. And, and, and I understand there's, there's general support, but it's mostly just like anti-anti-love sentiment. In other words, stop hating the guy. Stop hating the guy. No, no, I'm talking about going further than that. I'm talking about going further than, hey, you don't know that he can't be kind of good. Is anybody fired up for Jordan Love to come out and tear up this freaking league? No? I'm just asking. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Tua, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, top five quarterbacks taken that year. And I don't know that there isn't one that couldn't potentially be an MVP candidate. Tua, I'm iffy about because of the injury stuff. But you look at the weapons around him, you look at his growth, and a lot of these guys started slow. Tua looked like a bust. Jalen Hurts looked like a bust. Burrow and Herbert came out of the, you know, came out of the gate firing. But some guys take time. And I think Jordan Love was one of those guys. So anyways, I don't want to belabor the point any more than I already have, but it's just something to consider. It's just a question. That's something that I need to reflect on as well. Why am I not fired up about the guy? I can get fired up about Devontae Wyatt. I can get myself jacked up about um, Zach Tom, Kingsley and Igbare. I, I get myself fired up about guys that aren't even in the league yet. Dude, Michael Mayer, think about it. Darnell Washington, dude, come on. Jalen Hyatt, just, just flying down the field, man. Get some of these tackles going, you know what I mean? We're just going to... We're just going to tear it up. We're more excited about trading Rodgers and getting that second pick and getting two players than we are about the potential quarterback that's going to be throwing to these guys. Isn't that weird? No? All right. I'll leave it alone. You guys have yourselves a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.